Three, Three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment to feminism and everything in between. You're joined by your co-hosts, Kenzie Meekback and Megan Hoharts. But we have a special guest. Megan, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes, we are so excited to have on Jesse. Jesse, welcome. Hi, how are you? Good. So, Jesse, let's just kind of kick things off about who you are and kind of why you're on our podcast today. And tell us your last name, because actually, you are how I know Jesse is one of my good friends and coworkers. Kyle is your husband, but Kyle Campbell. But do you have a different last name? What's your last name? Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens. Like the All track right. star. <laughs> Perfect. Super easy to remember. <laughs> so then you didn't take your husband's last name. No, I did not. And I'm not going to either whenever I get remarried. There you go. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I That's feel like awesome. it, it, we can, you can pick and choose if you like your last name, because I love being Jesse Owens, just that strong, independent name that people associate with being an athlete. And I like it. you can choose what you want. And so I kept my name. Perfect. Also, it has the same amount of syllables, so it just <laughs> yes. sounds and it flows well. <laughs> that I don't love my husband's last name, but it just, I don't feel like it's, it's me. It's not me. Jesse right. Owens is me. I've grown into that name. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. So Jesse, what, why you're, we're featuring you on the podcast, but for special reasons, can you de- kind of describe why you're on here and uh, kind of why we're featuring you, I guess? Um, uh, you guys think I'm interesting? Wait, yes, we think uh, she's very interesting. I'm a, so I'm a part-time bartender and I say part-time because I don't want to work full-time because I want to play. I really, I, I want to go out and I want to accomplish things. And, um, I'm a rock climber and sea kayaker, sea kayaker first. Um, and, uh, rock climber is training for the paddling, of course. Cool. Now tell us a little bit about sea kayaking. Like what does that mean versus other types of kayaking? I guess for our listeners who might not be interested in kayaking, tell them a little bit more, I guess, about it. So there's all different kinds of of kayaking people can do. You can paddle in recreational boats, which are shorter. You can Um, whitewater paddle, you can paddle a sea kayak, and what the difference is between a sea kayak and a whitewater is that um, whitewater are shorter, they're more maneuverable, and sea kayaks are longer. Um, Like, uh, my boat is 17 and a half feet long. Oh my gosh. So it tracks really well, and also you can store a lot of gear in there, so you can do... Cool. um, What I do a lot is multi-day overnights, and uh, you can put bottles of wine in there, you (laughs) you don't have to skimp on on little things that you would in a, if you were backpacking, but you can just go in and throw it in a sea kayak. Why not? So That's how cool. many people can fit in your sea kayak? Only one. Only one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are there other sea kayaks with multiple people can sit in them? Yes. Good question. There's two and there's also three. Okay. Oh, wow. Threes are really long and they're extra, extra wide. Um, and there's different widths of, of sea kayaks. Some are wider, so more stable. Some are newer. So they're more maneuverable in um, choppier water, um, which makes it really, really fun since there's been a lot of wind this past week. (laughs) It's been really, really fun to go paddle in the wind. Nice. Awesome. So while I was in Costa Rica, they had kind of maybe what you're talking about. It it was a kayak, but it was a two-person kayak. But we had a row, and then we'd have to go right, right, left, left. And it was one paddle and you had to work with your person to go in the same direction. 
Was it was it a canoe or a maybe it was kayak? a canoe? It was a canoe. <laughs> but I know people. I know people who have who paddle a sea kayak um, with a with an oar instead of a paddle. Okay, um, and they, like a like a. I guess not an oar. Um, I'm not sure what it's called for a canoe. I'm not experienced with canoes. Okay, so but it was just one. It was like one stick and then there was a paddle at the end yeah and you'd have to bring it over all the way to the other side and then do left left and I was terrible at it it sounds like a canoe and I lasted for like 15 minutes and I said okay I'm tired now now I'm done takes a lot of upper body strength (laughs) yes it's a lot of core and a lot of chest and a lot of back yes that's cool that's awesome um so we kind of start our episodes where we recap anything fun we're doing or anything important happening in our lives within the past week so jesse we'd like to invite you to kind of share how your life is just like personally how you're doing are you having a good week anything fun happening like we do it as frivolous as we went shopping the other day (laughs) or or we hung out with a friend (laughs) do you did you have anything fun this week that you did I've listened to your podcast before, so I know how to answer. Mm-hmm. This. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Uh, yeah, this past uh, I go out with my paddling group uh, once, at least once a week. Uh, rain, shine, snow, wind doesn't matter. So on Wednesday we went out um, to the Discovery Point Lighthouse and mm. played in some of the wind chop that was out there, which was really super super fun. Wow! And then on Thursday I listened to a um, a known. Um, sea kayaker in the area um give a discussion about paddling in the wind oh wow and it was uh, was it a it was live good. presentation yeah 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 exactly cool yeah it was good there were a few little things already i had already known but i was looking for that one little piece of information that puts together um why oh why does my boat do this why does my boat mm. do that and then he was able to answer that i he got that one little question right in my head and went yes okay, I, I came away with some good answers. Perfect. That's good. So you feel like you can tackle wind kayaking even better this time, I guess? Or in the, the weather we've been having has been horrible. It's been, <laughs> it's been, good. It's been good. No, it's been great. It's been good You practice. like it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I love it. It's, it's so That's fun. That's amazing. And plus, my boat is designed for that type of paddling. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, there you go, making the positives out of this how, weather. How, you, how was your week? My week was good. Um, you talk about kayaking the way that I talk about yoga. Oh, she's yes. a yoga instructor <laughs> like totally <laughs> nerding know. out about it and I whenever I talk to Kinsey about yoga I'm like oh I'm going to see this person this person Kinsey's like I have no idea who you're talking about I'm like they're the most famous people in yoga <laughs> I'm like so, that's great <laughs> yeah um my week was good I got back from Costa Rica so I had so much laundry to do and um work was really good at my new job and on Friday um I went out to, it's called the Boiling Point. It's in Chinatown. Desmond, my boyfriend, is a bit of a foodie, so he likes to explore Chinatown. So that was fun. What did you do in Costa Rica? Other than yoga, in a canoe. Um, I did did (laughs) lots of yoga, um, four hours a day, and... um, Hung out with the monkeys, just all kinds of monkeys. Fun stuff. Literally came up to her while she was doing yoga. Yeah, when we oh came gosh. out of Shavasana, there was like ten or fifteen monkeys because we were in the rainforest. Oh, so wow. it was really cool. That's so cool. Yep. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Kenzie, how was your week? Well, not as cool as you guys. <laughs> um, I would say it's pretty standard. I've been pretty busy this week. Um, 
we have actually worked pretty hard on the podcast this past week because um, we have a surprise for you guys coming up in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll tell you off camera what it is, Jesse. But <laughs> we're having, we have something coming up. Um, that we've been working really hard on. So a few of the nights this week, we were working on that. And then on Friday, I bought ski gear for the first time. All of the gear you would need to go skiing. And there was a lot of money, but I'm really excited (laughs) to go skiing. Yeah. So I bought all the gear. And then last night, I went out uh, karaoke. So that was fun. (laughs) What's your favorite song to sing? Actually, a rap song. uh, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. I don't know that one. No? <laughs> it's a really fun one. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I do. What's your go-to karaoke song if you had to pick? Oh, God, that's going to date me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Um, okay, so it's either, it depends on the mood I'm in, uh, it's either Alanis Morissette, You Ought to Know. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> um, or a Crystal Gale song. Oh, good. She's a country singer from the... 70s and 80s oh, oh nice. nice i'm gonna have to check her out we both like country so yeah we're, we're both from texas out. we yeah. got that country music in our hearts for sure we do um yeah so i guess if you want to kind of kick off the next section Meg. yep so we're just going to recap old peaceful truth episodes um we're going to ask you some questions from each of the episodes that are some <laughs> of our favorites from episode one we talked about women empowering women can you tell us about a time that an, another woman empowered you in a significant way Yes. Oh, that's going to sound so cliche, but it's so true. My mom, my Mm -hmm. mom empowered me. Um, she, she always claimed that she was a feminist. Um, and she encouraged me to not listen to negative words that people had to say. And when somebody would tell me you can't do that because of X, Y, or Z, one of those would be because you're a woman. She said, you don't have to listen to that. You can do what you want. Is this what you want? And I would say, yes. She says, okay, we're going to make that happen. That is cool. Now that's the type of mom you want. That's yep, awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool mom. Awesome. Um, the next one is negative words in stereotypes. Um, so tell us about a time you've been stereotyped and how you've risen above. Oh, there's so many of these. <laughs> you can tell multiple. Yeah, you don't have to pick um, one. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like people, since I'm a heavily tattooed woman, um, mm. I don't feel like a lot of people, and this might be just where I work, um, when I say that I'm an experienced sea kayaker and I teach, um, that, that I'm, I'm looked at as uh, somebody who's not being truthful or somebody mm. who's not really, I feel like I'm, they're, they're, like I'm just blowing out smoke kind of thing. Really? And I don't, it could be the people I'm telling. It could be the environment. Um, but being a woman, I always get a lot of um, comments when they always think that I'm not being safe or you, you might be careful, you might hurt yourself, or mm. um, it's just the overcautious um, conversation that comes up. And, hey, what do you do? Well, I'm a sea kayaker. Oh, is that safe? Or you're doing that alone? Or... Just, yeah. it's just instant, like instant worry. And mm. there's no need to be worried because I'm not, maybe you are, but that's, <laughs> that's not my problem. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it too. Yeah. And sure. that's interesting that that's one of the first things that comes up then is like, yeah. oh, are you safe doing it? Like, what about, oh my gosh, that's an awesome 
hobby or that's an awesome life goal, you know? I get that from women. Women say, okay. women hmm. say, oh my gosh. They go, girl, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, and good. the guys go, oh, are you, are you okay? Uh, interesting. It's so weird. And then once again, it could be the environment or the people. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Wow. Thanks. So in episode 10, we kind of went a more lighthearted route. We yeah, talked about stripping one. it down <laughs> and how good it feels to take off a bra. That was the first podcast I heard from you guys. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and it was so good. It was, it was, I was just telling my husband, I was like, that's it? We're on the same page. They know exactly what it's like. It's true. It, it feels good. Oh, and taking out your contacts. Do you wear contacts? No, I don't. Oh, God. It feels feeling. pretty much as good as taking off a bra. <laughs> <laughs> so does it feel good to take off a wetsuit? <laughs> uh, oh, does it feel the same, like yes. the same sensation? It's, it's a yes or no. Yes, because it's stuck to you and it feels clammy because you're out of the water. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, yeah, peel that thing mm-hmm. off. And then you stand there. Oh, my God. I'm naked and I'm cold. I didn't even think it like about it like that. Yeah, you're you're naked, aren't you? When well, you take it off. I don't know. I I I like that. That way, I can just dry off quick and then change clothes instead of yeah. taking off a wet bra and taking off wet underwear. It's just easier that way. Do some people wear swimsuits underneath? Is that or no? I don't know. I think so. Mm. I just find it interesting. I'm, I've just never worn a wetsuit. Now it's that like a whole it. new world for us, kind of. Maybe we should try it. We need to go on a kayaking adventure with Jesse. I would last. <laughs> I would last suit. ten minutes. <laughs> I would. I would sit back and let you guys do the work. No, you would not, because it's a canoe. It's not a canoe. Okay, it's a kayak, so you, you would be fine. Okay, <laughs> there you go. It's different. It's different, Megan. It's different. <laughs> um, okay, so mine is. Uh, the next episode is please don't touch me workplace sexism so have you ever experienced sexism in the workplace oh as a bartender yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i had my ex boss um smack my ass nice and i mean sarcastically (laughs) yeah and then so then you have to think about what the things like go, that go through my head is, do I say something? Do I punch him? Or do I keep my job? And that's mm-hmm. the one thing that I've talked to a lot of women who say, do I really want the repercussions of this if I say something? Because you feel like this person's in power. And I didn't say anything for, I didn't even tell my husband for a year. And wow. just because I didn't say anything. And I was embarrassed for myself that I didn't say anything or speak up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get the job. And so I thought if I would have said something, I would have lost my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's scary. It's kind of like it's the Harvey Weinstein up. stuff. It's to- it's totally like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, in the, my job, my last job before being a video producer full time was being a television journalist, and that sexism is horrific in that environment. You know, you have to look a certain way. I was told as a young girl, I have small boobs, and I was told as like a young girl when I was first getting into it, you have to get a breast job to yeah. be on television you didn't oh say God. you never told me that yeah i was told by several men no oh, wow yes That's i was told crazy. you need a breast job yeah and like being a 21 year old girl intern mm-hmm. and a man to tell you as an intern that that's extreme sexual harassment yes and it's also then you feel like kind of violated because they noticed what your body looks like you know what I mean and so yeah workplace sexism was horrific there but I can't imagine as a bartender that this probably has to be equal to television because you're in the spotlight you're like interacting with people on a daily basis you know like 
and sometimes a, in a desk job. not in a normal state of mind maybe in an, into- oh, yeah, an, an extremely inebriated. intoxicated state mm-hmm. of mind it's all it's it's both yeah i've had people um i was lifting for a while and i had people notice and then uh, they, these people i didn't even never met before and they would say oh so don't get too big and i'm thinking so i'm supposed to come please you now like what if i do want to put on more muscle I, Mm-hmm. I'm not here to please you, but yeah. in your mind, I am. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of screwy. I think I think women who lift are amazing. Mm-hmm. First off, and I've always heard that too from men when I talk about lifting. About lifting with women, they're like, "Yeah, but when they get too big, it's kind of gross." And I'm like, "Who who are you to like that? Just means their body is like in the perfect form, like literally, and right. like you've." capitalized on your body like I just don't understand how it's ugly at all <laughs> I wonder if it's because I wonder if it's like a like a masculinity yeah, thing they want to be stronger they want to yeah they want to mm-hmm. be the strong ones and when they see a woman is stronger that's the only thing I can think of or they're just being dicks <laughs> maybe that. I went on a date with a guy this past summer and I'm I'm dating so I'm like learning more about the guys I date and what I want and what I dislike and this guy, like, after we saw Wonder Woman, the most feminist movie ever, he was just like, yeah, she was too big, though. Oh, oh. my gosh. She was not too big. And no. I was like, if you know, oh if you know me, that was like a deal breaker. You're like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. No, so long story short, we did not end up dating. So <laughs> Good. It, Good. Yes. It's like, you idiot. Like, anyway, super stupid. Okay, um, now we actually wanted to get into the nitty-gritty of you. So, Jesse is an amazing athlete. Mm-hmm. And for the women out there who want to learn and who are motivated just to become better athletes, whether that's in yoga, mm-hmm. whether that's in anything else, these are good lessons. I feel like as a woman to take in you, you just, from what I've heard and from what I've talked to you about, you want to just be seen as a person. You don't even want to be seen necessarily as a woman, right? You just want to be right. seen as a human being accomplishing things. Right. And I feel like women, unfortunately, have to do think about think about it like that. So maybe you can empower women to see themselves as just people. So that's kind of what I hope that I, I just think you're a badass. So definitely. <laughs> Thank you. First, Megan, do you want to kick it off? Yeah. So in we were corresponding over email, kind of to get to know you better and you mentioned that you were the first of several things so you also mentioned that you were the first female pole vaulter in Missouri can you tell us a little bit about this so this is where my mom really comes in and she mm-hmm. the first moment when she really tested what uh, tested me and what I wanted and my drive and I, um, I saw guys pole vaulting. I joined the track team um, when I was a freshman, or no, sophomore, in high school. And this is back in the 90s, early 90s. And so she, um, I, I'd, said, I'd said to my mom, oh, I really want to pole vault. It looks like so much fun. I'm not good at hurdles, and I'm not good at sprints. And she says, then you should do it. And I said, no, but only guys pole vault. And she says, mm-hmm. then you're going to do what you want. Do you want to do this? And I said, yes. And she says, all right, we're going to make this happen. And so we, I went to the athletic director and who, um, who was extremely rude to me on the phone Mm. and, um, was degrading. And he said, "I, I, I kid you not. He said, 
it is illegal for women to pole vault. And so oh I took God. that, I took those words. <laughs> illegal? Illegal. <laughs> and so I went back to my mom and I said, oh, he said it was illegal. And she says, oh, that is BS. She says, it is not illegal for women to pole vault and you're going to vault if you want to do it. So then I love your mom. <laughs> I know. She is so, she's so That's great. who I so want to be as a mom. That's so cool. Um, so uh, I spoke with the, um, uh, the coach, the pole vaulting coach, and he says, I would love to have you on our team. But I had to join the boys' track team, so I had to run with them. I had to do the same workout as them. And I was always the last in the run, always the last, because I'm not a runner. I'm not mm-hmm. a good runner. And I was always working out with them. So then I had guys saying, oh, my gosh, did you hear Jessie has a penis? She really has a penis. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That and, shouldn't be how it is. And it was so embarrassing. And I'm thinking, what? Because I had to join the boys' track team to do this? And the girls, the women's track team, were super supportive, and they were encouraging me, and they were like, go, Jesse, yes, yes, yes. And the athletic director would come to the practices and stand there and laugh at me. Oh, and um, Intentionally? Intentionally. And he would make it a point to show me that he was laughing at me if I couldn't do something or if I had trouble with a plant or the follow through and he just he would laugh that's insane i'm, I'm sorry so proud you of you for and this is the director the athletic director yeah. of a high school i'm so proud of you though for you. <laughs> going over that but that kind of goes back and i would love for you to t- i'm just kind of thinking of question here sorry make but i kind of love for you to talk about this but you have to be better than the boys in a way not only do you have to be on the team to make it you have to like i feel like women oftentimes have to overcompensate to be a part of things and be better to even be noticed. Do you feel like that's how it was? Or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was rough because they wouldn't, the, um, the school would not buy women's poles and women's poles are, are designed differently than men's mm-hmm. poles because of our center of gravity. Our, we have lower body weight and men mm-hmm. have higher body weight. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up getting, um, I ended up getting a, uh, a crossbar, you know, the bar that you go up and over, mm-hmm. I ended up using a crossbar because it was smaller. So, so for my hands, and nobody invested in a real pole for me. And so it was really difficult to use the crossbar as a pole. And then I had to just, I couldn't show I was tired, even though I was tired of having a full day of art and all these different classes and academic stuff. And then to come to tra- track practice and really just try to be better than me. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing story. Um, was it fun though to be a pole vaulter? Yeah. Oh my god, so much fun! Did it feel like you were flying? It, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. It legs does. Are like it feels going. like you're falling. It feels like you're right. You're like riding a pole down. Like <laughs> I, I, I wasn't good enough where I could come up and throw the pole and then come over the crossbar. I would just come up over the crossbar and down. <laughs> Have you ever since then and after being? treated like crap have you ever been able to try it with a legitimate woman's pole since no because they didn't Dang. get women's poles until after i graduated so three years from three years from being the only person the only woman and then competing against myself and stay at state um they got women's poles at the year after 
Dang it. Because maybe so you should many go women. back and ask to borrow one and be like, I, I want to try it. <laughs> I've earned this. Come Look how on. good I am with I this real for you girls. Let oh, me try. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so now your high school has like a legit like team of women pole vaulters. Now they have women's pole vaulting. Oh, because of you. you. The first one. And they have women's poles and they have a women's pole vaulting team. Perfect. That's amazing. Good job, Jesse. You changed some girls' lives. You never know. So how are you treated as a woman? You kind of answered that, but did we miss out on this question at all for how you were treated as a woman specifically? Is there any other things? Maybe you how your teammates out? treated you. You mentioned that the women's team was rooting you on. How about mm-hmm. the men's team? It was half and half. They're, they're the guys who would say, Jesse's got a penis. Oh my gosh. And then there are other half the guys that would say, hey, all right, let me coach you. Let me show you Aww. how we do it. Because for when I was new to the sport, and these guys have been doing it for a few years, mm-hmm. um, there are some really good guys on there. Yeah, I'm sure they're men raised right, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel yeah. like. Awesome. Okay, Meg, what's yours? Oh, oh yeah. This so next one, um, you also mentioned that you were the first professional female fire breather in Kansas City. <laughs> Can you tell us about this experience and how you even became a fire breather in the first place? Um so back in the early 2000s, I, well, in the late 90s, I started a job. I became a stripper, um, and I had met somebody at the club um, who ended up being a really good friend of mine, and he was a professional fire breather. <laughs> and so I said, I want to learn. And the rule is, well, you don't teach, so you figure out on your own. So I... Why not? I Because you... I, so... Liability? For me, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah you think... <laughs> For me, I wouldn't teach back then because I didn't want, well, I just didn't want competition. Mm-hmm. It was really what it was. Like I was getting a lot of good gigs and I didn't want someone coming up and being, oh, here I am. I'm also a female fire breather and I want to, uh, I don't know, I just didn't want to lose my jobs at the time. I liked, mm. I liked the gigs. Yeah. Now, do you mind if we ask you about stripping? Like, does oh, it I'm totally open about that. Because here's the feminist that I, I believe as a feminist, and I'll let Megan speak for herself 100%, but I find feminism to be you use your body how you want, you treat your body how you want, empower other women if they feel either, one, they just want to use their body how they are, or if they feel, like, sexual and they want to, like, present their body in such a way they should be empowered to because that's their body. That's how they feel. We are sexual beings. Um, So that's how I feel. What about you, Megan? I agree completely, and I just want to reiterate that I feel like it's up to the woman what she does with her body. And so if you want to strip, be a stripper, I think that that's great. So you kind of mentioned, if you want to talk about one, what it's like to be a stripper and what people stereotype you as is that. And then two, why do you feel inspired? Why did you feel inspired to be a stripper? Why did you like it? Um, I was poor. (laughs) (laughs) I was working, uh, I was working at a bank and I was not making enough money and I couldn't, for food and so I started dancing um because it was money and it was I guess you could say it was easy but it was still tough to do it um there's a lot of competition there's a lot of judgments there's a lot of people degrading you um your managers would degrade you the customers would degrade you and then you'd have a lot of empowerment at the same time you'd have a lot of other um your fellow dancers would be uh inspiring and they encourage you to go out and, and get more dances because you have to give a certain amount of lap dances and mm-hmm. um they encourage you to be a better performer on stage um and then there's like just you bond and you have a good friendship with 
some of the women that you work with. So there's lots of hits and misses with that. Um, I think the, the, what it got to me and why I quit was the um, degrading part um, mm-hmm. from what people had said and how I was being treated. Um, I just kind of had enough of that. And this was back in the late 90s, early 2000s, so this is a long time ago, and I don't know if things have changed or not. That's really interesting. How did your family and people that were close to you, did they accept you as being as a your profession, or were you shunned, or how did they, how did they interpret it? That's a really good question. Um, I lied to my mom for the longest time. I lied mm. to my mom for a good six months or so. And I told her that I was at a friend's house and I was always partying. And so I don't know if she thought what I was doing. Um, but then eventually I came out and told her, like, okay, I'm a dancer. And then she broke down crying and she said, you're an escort? And I go, no, 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 mom, no, no, no. I, I just take my clothes off for money. That's all. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a dirty girl. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like, I'm not a prostitute mom. But then there's all the stereotypes. Her sex worker is I'm the not a sex worker. worker. Yeah. No, no, no. And there are women who choose to be, and that's okay, but that's mm-hmm. not who I was. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stereotypes that come with being a stripper. Like, you have daddy issues, you're an alcoholic, or you have drug issues. And when I would have customers or people would say, oh, you must have one of those. You must be a drug addict. No, I'm not a drug addict, and I don't have daddy issues. Like my dad was great, and he's still great. It's like it's hmm. just something I choose to do, and I'm I'm okay with it. If you're not okay with it, that's your problem. So but. then, would you go work at the bank during the day and then strip at night? Yes, but my manager had told me not to tell any of the customers that I was a stripper, which I wasn't going to anyway right but <laughs> oh by the way here's your money I'm a stripper <laughs> like, <laughs> like why did they think that that was yeah, even a thought even here's a little for you and then a little for me right right <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. um that's awful though that you couldn't tell anyone but is does stripper have a more politically correct I prefer name? peeler no <laughs> <laughs> no dancer 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 we dance we yeah. dance on stage and sometimes we don't take our clothes off and Sometimes we do, and sometimes okay. we put in art with our um, with our dancing, that's such really as like fire breathing. breathing. Perfect. That's, well, that's awesome. So, um, I guess Megan, do you want to kind of go into our next and final segment? That's the main reason we wanted to talk to you is what kind of Kyle was telling me about your experience and what you're going through. So, yep. So we know that you're currently working on accomplishing another goal and becoming the first of another project. So can you tell us what you're currently working on? Um, yeah, so it's. Uh, I will say that as of now, to my knowledge, I don't know if anyone else has done it. I don't know if anyone else is stupid enough to do it because it's, <laughs> it's not super exciting. There's a lot of um, repetition in it, but I'm solo circumnavigating every individual San Juan Island in the San Juan Archipelago. And for those of you who are not familiar, the San Juan Archipelago is a series of a cluster of islands in Western Washington near the Canadian border. Very cool. Can you tell us more about um, how many islands there are and how many you've accomplished so far? Oh yeah. Um, there's, um, there's 121 islands with island in the name. And so in order to make it on my list, it had to have island in the name, and it couldn't be a rock or a reef or a dock full of angry sea lions. Um, so, um, so I'm paddling around each one, and I got the idea um, 
from the Washington Kayak Club, and they have their own goal. It's the San Juan 7, and they encourage their members to circumnavigate um, all the major San Juan Islands, uh, the major seven San Juan Islands. And so I thought, well, if they're doing the major ones, I want to try to replicate that. And I thought, wait a minute, there are so many other islands and so many other mm. places to explore. I'm going to add that in my, in my project, too. I kind of just thought of a random question, and this might be better in a different spot, but I just thought of it on the fly. Exploring through all these islands, have you seen anything unique to nature or something that sticks out like as part of your adventure, I guess? Um, yeah. Because I, I, you're um, kind of the first seeing a lot of things, or not the first, but like you kind of come across some wild things, I'm sure. I watched a, um, there was a little island that I needed to paddle around, but um, there were a bunch of gulls sitting on it, seagulls. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'm watching the seagulls, and I don't want to get too close um, to them to disturb the wildlife. And um, I watched a uh, sea lion come up and take out a seagull. Oh, my God. And thrash it around (laughs) right in front of me. To kill it? To kill it, to eat it. And he thrashes it around back and forth and then goes back under, comes back up. I, I, I feel like he shoots up in the air, but it probably wasn't that far. And he thrashes it around again and goes back under. And so I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. I'm just going to get out of his way yeah, and let him do his thing, let yeah. him feast, and then I'll paddle around it. Yeah, because yeah, he's in this mindset, you know, a predator mindset. Yeah. Dang. I mean, you saw some real nature right there. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. That poor little seagull. I know. <laughs> um, how did this journey and goal begin? Of, I guess, the San Juan Islands of... Uh, oh, you kind of explained that, I guess. Was it just like your kayaking club that kind of inspired it? Uh, well, I'm not actually part of the Washington Kayak Club, but I oh, was okay. inspired by them um, from the projects that they have. Okay, cool. Um, and so in my in my personal project, there's 121 islands um, in the... I'm not sure if I said this or not. In, the, um, in my project with Island in the Name. And uh, as of now, I have 89 cool. islands complete. Perfect. Um, Megan, you're the next one. Yeah. In our email correspondence, um, you mentioned that you taught yourself a current, uh, a role. Can you tell us what this role is and how you ended up teaching yourself? Like a kayaking role, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I taught myself to roll last year and then I perfected this year. And then there's a role that I, um, I just learned at the end of the summer called a butterfly roll um i don't know what you want what is a roll exactly for for women that don't know oh what's a roll i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay it's when you go upside down and then you come back up again so it's a technique of using your lower body to control your boat um and you want to be you don't um you don't paddle a sea kayak you wear a sea kayak Oh, okay. And so you want a sea kayak to form to your body. And so you can pat it out with padding on the inside um, to have complete control over that boat. And so you're using your lower body um, along with um, your core and your knees to um, roll your, uh, it's, yeah, to get yourself back up with the assistance of a paddle. Or some people don't use a paddle at all. They use their hands. It's called a hand roll. Dang. I can't do those. <laughs> but rolls are useful because if you go under correct is that why why are oh, they used yes, why yes uh so if you get just for fun you're just rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> there's um the greenland um rolling comp there's competitions oh wow. um, to roll and there so there's people who only focus on rolling um and then 
there are people who do it for personal challenges and fun. And then uh, the practical use is if you are out paddling in some chop and some you get hit by um, a wave, if you capsize, then you can not do a wet exit, which means pop your spray skirt and come out, mm. um, that you would be able to prepare to right your boat. Hmm. And That's which you'll get you out of danger quicker. A lot of core, I'm sure, within your body. To yes, like a lot do of core it. and yeah. lots of legs. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, so you, you hate this question, um, but it is the first question, I'll just be honest with you, that popped in my head. It, is it safe to do all this? And you say you hate this question, so we see where you're coming from, but why do you hate that question? What's your counter argument when people say it isn't safe? To go out by yourself on these kayaking adventures. I feel like I have enough experience um, paddling in the ocean, and I have enough self-awareness, and I take precautions um, in my safety. I have rescue gear. Um, I've been in a self-rescue situation where I have a little checklist, and I went through my checklist, and luckily I only had to get to the second one on my checklist before I could get back in my boat. And which was a good uh, test of can I self-rescue, which in, in a rough, in a very, very rough, horrible water situation, which ended up being really fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's just like walking down the street in Seattle. Is, is that safe? I right. mean, it's really, it's, I guess it's kind of not, but it can be. It's if you just are aware of what's going on around you and mentally prepare to put yourself in the worst situation possible. Like, what if? What if this were to happen? What if this were to happen? And just be ready for anything. So as you are solo kayaking, do you also then camp by yourself then too on some of the islands that you're kayaking around? Um, Yes. Yeah, I love love, um, kayak camping. You can um, have a kayak and put anything you want pretty much in your your boat and take it with you. and I'll try to find the most efficient way to paddle around each of the islands so I'm not backtracking. Mm-hmm. Find a place to camp um, within the um, camp system that we have uh, through the Washington Water Trails. Um, they're a great organization here in Washington. And um, they maintain and um, take care of the, uh, the waterways. And also um, there's campsites that are dedicated to um, sea kayakers. So if you're the last person to arrive on an island where there's other boats, um, like marine traffic and stuff, they, uh, you have a place to sleep. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Now, I kind of want to go back to that safe question. And this is just a personal thing. As a feminist, I kind of struggle with because I want to be a feminist and the best feminist I can be. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm afraid to camp. I'm afraid to go on runs at nighttime. I'm afraid to do certain things. And... For women like me, how would you recommend to overcome that fear? And why do you th- feel like that fear, that inherent fear, is a negative thing in general, I guess? I think a lot of it is uh, we're taught to be, we're taught to have fear instead of we're taught to have awareness, which is what something my mom had talked to me when I was younger. She says, you know, don't, you shouldn't be scared to go out uh, at night or go for a run or um, be alone but you should have awareness. And this goes back to people saying, um, oh, uh, so you're a sea kayaker. Oh, is, is that safe? Is that, it's, it goes back to that. And um, 
did I, I feel like, did I answer your question? Yeah. It's kind of just kind of being aware of your surroundings. Like you were mentioning walking down the street of downtown Seattle. Is it safe? Well, sometimes maybe it's not safe if you run across this, a group of people that aren't safe or if you're walking at three o'clock in the morning, but it's being aware of your surroundings and knowing what's next on your checklist of things to do in order to be safe. Is it kind of like that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just be more aware of your surroundings. And then if you get into a situation, this could be in downtown Seattle or it could be in a sea kayak where you don't feel safe. Um, Mike, if I'm camping on an island and there's a group of guys camping on the island, which is never, it's not happened to me, but I can see that would make a solo woman feel uncomfortable. Then I would go, I, this is what my plan is too. If I don't feel comfortable with the people there, I go to a different Island Mm. and, and I'm in a sea kayak. And so I have that ability to sleep somewhere else. Get yourself out of a situation that maybe isn't as safe. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, but also we said, um, my other question was, I guess it's a, do you feel like it is a negative thing that women think like that? Um, or do you feel like we should try to overcome that? I guess the negative thought of questioning safety of things. Do you feel like we should try to overcome that stereotype? I guess. Yeah, totally. Yes. (laughs) We need to go out and do what we want to do. And I mean, you take a little extra steps than maybe a, a, a guy would, and you're maybe more prepared for anything, um, that could happen. And it, I, I feel like there's a lot of women who say, oh, I'm scared to go out and do my, a solo hike by myself. Mm-hmm. But why are you scared? What scares you? You make a list and then go in that, go to that list and think, is, is this a valid reason for me to not go? And then keep going down that list until you get something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Like maybe um, a guy has followed you on a trail and is making you feel uncomfortable. Well, what can you do to, to be better and be confident in yourself do you do you leave do you carry a pistol with you um, there's someone when they hike with guns which is great um, there are some people that carry knives and I don't know it's it's all what what's gonna make you feel better awesome and just being more aware very true thank you so much do you think that there is a potential risk in general camping and going solo regardless if you're male or female and you know in the questions that we've answered so far it's directly towards being a female in these situations but do you think that the same risks apply to men as well oh oh yeah i um i read a story about a solo um sea kayaker who went up into the um rural uh basically the remote areas of vancouver island and he was out camping um, for a few days. He was actually in a, in a shack um, alone, and he wanted that solo, that, which is why I go out, because I want that, that, that alone time with myself. And he ends up getting um, scared away and calling for a float plane to come pick him up because of these sounds that he's hearing throughout the night that sound like big boulders being thrown around. And he gets so scared that he calls for a, a float plane and then when the float plane comes to pick him up and the float plane the, the pilot asks him so why did you want to leave so soon you've only been here for four days and he says i heard boulders being thrown around in the woods and it was it it was un, it was scary for me and he says oh we call that sasquatch and he was dead, <laughs> he was dead serious <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh i thought you were gonna say something like yeah they're doing construction around yeah. the <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> i wonder the what the noises were 
Maybe it was Sasquatch. Dun, dun, dun. Conspiracy theory. I Do you believe in Sasquatch? No. Sasquatch? No, but I, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but I feel like he had a really good story. Yeah. So who yeah. knows? But when you are camping or when you're sleeping alone, you, uh, your mind starts wandering. Like, For sure. What is that? What is that noise? Is that, is that Sasquatch or is that mm-hmm. a... Is that a cougar? Like, what is it? Yeah. Or it's just a raccoon or a squirrel. Yeah. (laughs) So we did mention you could carry a pistol if that does make you feel safer, but you kind of mentioned a story in your uh, email. You don't personally like to carry a gun, and can you kind of tell your personal story with guns? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Hmm, I don't. (laughs) Or if you don't want to. Yeah, no, no, no. I I want to. I want to. I, uh, so when I started paddling alone, my ex gave me his pistol and he said, I would feel comfortable if you were paddling and camping alone with my gun. So I took it and I know how to shoot a gun. I've grown up with guns my whole life. And so, but I kept this gun with me and I slept with it underneath my pillow when I slept at night. And so this one particular day I was up in, um, up in the San Juans and I had stopped to take a break uh, from paddling and to read a little bit of my book. And so I pull into a really, really super shallow cove where there's nobody around. And I sit on the log and I open up my book and I'm reading my book. And I see a big metal boat um, come in about a half hour after I, I sit down. And then I start thinking, oh my God, did he follow me? Where's this boat? Who is on this boat? Are there guys on this boat? What's going to happen? Because I'm the only one on this island. And so this boat shows up and he starts coming towards me. And so I get up from where I am sitting and I go over to my, my kayak and I open up the hatch and I put the pistol in the book. And then I walk back, sit back down on the log, slowly tuck the pistol in the back of my pants. And so then I'm sitting there with the pistol in the back of my pants, pretending to read my book. Um, and this boat shows up, it gets closer and closer. And I know he's there because I'm there there's nothing else around and there's nobody else around why is he coming towards me and so I start thinking all these things Mm. and I feel safe because I have this pistol or so I think and then as the boat gets towards me closer I look and it says border patrol oh my god so is it Canadian border patrol no U.S. border patrol oh U.S. border Uh, patrol but for Canada they do they patrol around the San Juan Islands for drug trafficking and all this illegal activity cool um and so the boat gets closer, and then so my fe- safe feeling that I had from having, okay, I have a pistol, I'll be okay if this person's here for malicious intent, went to, oh my God, I've got a gun, it's not registered <laughs> to me, and this is border oh patrol, I am God. so screwed. <laughs> so no. I went, okay, I'll just be a cute little girl right now, and I said, oh, hi, so um, be careful. It's really shallow right there. I don't want you ruining your boat. And he says, all right, thank you, ma'am. And then he turns around and pulls back out. Thank God. I went, never taking a gun with me again. <laughs> I do not know. No, this is just, this could get me in trouble. The one time you came the yeah. one time. female stereotype for oh, you. Oh, my gosh, yeah, exactly. I had to pull it out. I had to do something. Sometimes you got to use that card. Sometimes you got to use it. That's funny. So how would you empower or give advice to women who are seeking athletic goals? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got a, I've got a shirt and uh, it says, uh, don't wish for it, work for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the thing I try to live by each day. And with my goals is I don't feel like uh, 
anything is going to hold me back. Uh, no matter what negative comments or nasty remarks I get from other people, um, other women, or no matter how worried my mom is, oh, honey, you shouldn't do that by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what would happen? Because now she's older and now yeah. she's a little bit more worried. Worried. Mm. Um, and um, I, I feel like you, nothing should hold you back for doing what you want. I don't know what else. Yeah. How to put that? Just train hard, I guess, and I guess do a lot of research. Would that be good advice too? I don't yes. know. Yes, yeah. Do research, be prepared, um, be mentally prepared, be physically prepared, um, and don't let anybody tell you you can't do something because you can. Awesome. I really like you We mentioned several times in the previous questions. I really like how you say, okay, what's the worst that could happen to you? So you're already planning for, okay, think of the top things of the worst thing that can happen and plan for those. And so I think that that's good advice too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you tell people about your 121 Island goal, has there ever been a doubter or someone who's questioned your goals or has it more been empowering, I guess, for, from other feedback? Oh, um, I feel like my paddling group, um, I paddle with a group of guys who are in their um, early to mid 60s <laughs> and because they have the free time during the week that mm-hmm. I have off and we um, we go out and we paddle once or twice a week during uh, all kinds of weather and such such and uh, they um, they're very encouraging they encourage me to paddle my goal or to, to stay on my goals and they ask how many islands I've had so far mm. um, so it's just it's nice to have that support from other paddlers definitely that's good and especially older men that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah they're great they're so great can you discuss the status of kayaking and where you think kayaking is going in the future do you kind of see more women seeking it out or maybe more i don't know those developmental years around like 13-ish can be an age where you kind of start develop your um what your what your ultimate goals are so do you kind of see that happening too no, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with the world of sea kayaking. I feel like um, it's taking a complete turn. Um, hmm. It started getting a lot of popularity um, around the 80s and 90s. There's mm-hmm. a magazine called Sea Kayaker Magazine, which I believe I have every issue of, every back <laughs> issue, because it's amazing. And the articles are great. But um, they stopped making the magazine in 2014. And I don't know exactly why they stopped, but hmm. you can see... Um, the ads and um, all the uh, discussions in the magazine rise in the 80s and 90s. And now um, I don't feel like sea kayaking is taking off. And I don't feel like there's a lot of young people getting into it, um, which is why I mostly paddle with older people because they're, they're into it. They're excited. So to find somebody who's young and getting into it is really, really rare, hmm. I feel. Um, and I there's different reasons why it could be because it's 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 really expensive to get into it first. Yeah, um, places to store a boat um, and it's hard. It's like it's physically hard. It's physically hard. There's a I mean you can't anybody can paddle a sea kayak. Anybody can paddle a sea kayak. But to do all the extra things that come with it, like to roll mm-hmm. or to get the perfect forward stroke um, or sculling draw or any of those type, type of things that are useful in paddling take a lot of time and a lot of work. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And maybe you inspired some young women yeah. that might be listening. Maybe you'll get some follow-up questions. <laughs> See, kayaking is an amazing sport. Okay? <laughs> if is you have questions, maybe we'll attach her email and you Do can it. reach out to her. <laughs> Join me. Join me on my paddles. So in there, we had a break in between these questions, and I learned that your tattoo that you're getting a tattoo that represents this goal and we're going to kind of tease it on social media so go back to our insta selfish shameless shameless plug sorry jesse <laughs> go back to our insta to look at it but can you tell us about your tattoo right now it's really awesome um yes i'm, I'm working on two full leg sleeves and it's by an artist um, named april cornell and she uh She's just a beautiful person inside out. Um, she's a great artist, and I feel like we have the same vision. And so um, she's designed these leg pieces for me. And it's a full um, mandala leg piece. And so I have different mandalas that represent, uh, in my mind, my islands of what I've completed. It's a not exact replica, of course. It's not 10 islands for 10 mandalas, but um, and there's filler around it. Um, and uh, that's great. Like, it's beautiful. I'm, it's beautiful. We're it's actually, we need detailed. to put a picture. It's beautiful. Absolutely awesome. So how long did she have to work on all of your leg pieces? So still not finished. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll do, I'll do like three, three hour sessions, sometimes four hour sessions, sometimes two hour sessions. Um, but not, not done yet. She's been working on it for a year. Oh a my year? gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you going to do color? Is it going to remain black and black and white? Black and it'll, it'll be black and gray. Black yeah. and gray. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so. Yeah, let's do black and gray, and then uh, I think that my right leg will be finished before my project is done. And I was kind of hoping it was going to be the project first, but we'll see. That's <laughs> awesome. Good goals. So we do end on a positive note. So we say something we're looking forward to um, this next week. So, and we kind of like our viewers to reflect as well on what they're looking forward to just to set, spread positivity. So what are you looking forward to this week? Anything fun coming up or anything you're looking forward to doing this week? Paddling. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. <Yes. laughs> um, what about you, Meg? Doing anything fun? Um, something that I'm looking, this is like super far in the future. It's in June of 2018, but I bought the tickets for it this weekend. So that's why it's on my mind. Um, I'm going to Dallas to visit my best friend, Charlotte, and we're doing a three day yoga retreat with a really famous yogi. Her name is Elena Brower. And so I'm super excited to look forward to that for many more months to come. That's awesome. Um, I am looking forward to one using well I guess I could save one of them but I'm going to just say it now that I started saying it one we're going to PodCon in a few weekends which is going to be actually coming up by the time this episode is released but it's a podcast convention here in Seattle and we're going to meet other podcasters and it'll be great and then also I'm just excited to use my ski gear that I just bought. oh yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of snow right now I know I'm so yeah, excited you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> all right do you want to wrap it up um Meg with our positive quote yep so this this quote is from Amelia Earhart, and when we read it, we thought of you. So the most effective way to do it is to do it. From Amelia Earhart. And you kind of just said it, too. You said it. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you for coming on, Jesse. Thank I you hope for you having me. Fun. This is awesome. This is, this is fun. Good. Okay. Thank you, you. And spread love and positivity. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>